Hey, Jared. Hey, Jason. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online for some? I mean, this this is the modern world, right? You got to buy your tickets for the concert or the show or the comedy or whatever online. Well, I mean, you and I are of an, an era. I, I know I am. I don't know if, if you and I have a couple years between us. Are you of the area era where you had to? Camp out the night before oh my God. at like the blockbuster I, I, or your local I, music store to get I hate, tickets or something. I, we had this. We had this. People in DC will will recognize this. We had this uh, uh, department store called Hex, and Hex okay. was the local outlet for the Ticketmaster or whatever. So I remember sitting in line with my buddy because he was a super Buffett fan for Buffett tickets. It was a disaster. Buffett tickets. Come Buffett on. tickets. I know, right? I mean, you know, I, I had fun. Hey, I, tailgating at Buffett's awesome, by the way. Um, but if you if you have a problem with buying your tickets online, and look, they always make you they always make you pay extra fees at checkout that you didn't know were coming. Changes the price. You got to try. And you didn't know if you're going to get them or not. Exactly. You got to try SeatGeek. They've made you have it like wristbands and stuff like that. <laughs> SeatGeek is where you need to go. Uh, only place that that we're using for tickets these days because of the process. Because they they put all of they they put all that information there at your fingertips, and they make it so that the uh, all of the tickets available through other sites are in one place on your SeatGeek you know, if, app. If I was SeatGeek, my motto would be, we digitally wait in line so you don't have to. Boom. There you go. That's a very clunky motto. Uh, I know your family has a history in, in advertising. Maybe work on that a little bit. Cause I mean, it's a sure. first draft. Okay. You can even, look, you can set alerts for your upcoming events. They'll let you know when the ticket prices drop. So it's almost, it, it's like, you know, the airline alerts for ticket prices. Now you can do that for your for your concert tickets as well. It's brilliant. Um, they're given every seat's given a grade. Every ticket's given a grade based on the value. So then you'll be able to tell, okay, this is an undervalued seat. Bye bye bye. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think uh, we, our listeners can get twenty dollars off their first purchase if they download the SeatGeek app and enter uh, our promo code. Promo code best for your twenty dollar rebate. You download the app. It's free. You go to settings. You click add a promo code. You enter best, you get twenty bucks off your first ticket. That's the way to go. So it's like you can go see Kenny G on us. You can go see Kenny G on us. Uh, would we want people to go see Kenny G on us? I'm or trying to think what would be a twenty dollar investment. <laughs> I think Kenny G costs, dude. I think he costs more than twenty bucks. Dude, mom's got money. I think Kenny G's mom's got money, or mom's. No, just oh, moms, moms in general, they have money. Moms. That's why I think that the Kenny G price probably isn't as cheap as I would like. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I imagine the prices uh, for Kenny G might be might be more surpri- might be surprising. I, I bet you. Uh, I bet you Michael Bolton still does pretty well at the box office. What do you think? Oh, Michael Bolton does well in a number of uh, arenas, I'm sure. <laughs> Michael Bolton. All right. So go to, Seat, uh, go to the SeatGeek app, get it, put in the promo code BEST, and uh, yeah, get 20 bucks off your tickets. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the best soccer show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go. Best soccer show recording right now on a Thursday afternoon. It's so weird. We're moving around a little bit. Well, the national team games didn't help as much either. This is true. Let me let me go and get this music out of the way here. So it's going to fade out momentarily. By the way, Jared, I don't know if this has snuck up on you or not. It has for me, and I would totally have forgotten if it wasn't for Facebook. Thank you, Facebook. Tonight is the debut of the new season 
of Archer. It's happening. Oh, it is. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because I I've been I've I've been this one's been on my calendar for a little while, man. I and I think I'm looking positively positively forward to th- this season because I like this idea of a reboot they did. Yeah. Obviously, I'm biased, but they've come to California this season. Yeah, so uh we've had the we we had the the, the Archer Vice season where they went and sold drugs for a year and it was kind of weird. It worked, but it also you re- you recognized that maybe it was um, they got bored. They got bored with the spy storylines. Then they sort of re- remember they rebooted everything. They went back to the yeah. to the offices in New York for ISIS, uh, and they changed the name because they couldn't be ISIS anymore for obvious reasons. And now they've shifted. And I think while Archer Vice traded on all that, on all that pop culture stuff that we love about the show, this one's going to be even even better, even richer. You, you know what's interesting is that it, they exist in a universe where you can't pinpoint really a place in time. So I'm interested to see with that kind of leeway, what version of California are they going to try to present? It's got to be a Chips version of California, like a, a 70s version, right? I really hope so. I, I don't know for a fact, but I hope so. That would be a, such a fun version. Yeah, I think it would be hilarious. By the way, I, I can't – okay, this is not live. So people listening to this later won't realize what's happening at the moment. But there is an elephant in the room right now. Related oh, to you have a pretty small apartment. That's to me, <laughs> to me uh, actually, you know what? An elephant laying down would probably work in this room. But anyway, um, it's it's all it's related to me. I don't want to make this about me, but I, I feel like if I don't if I don't reference this, people can be like, "Why the hell didn't you talk about it?" Um, Soccer Morning on Backhill dot com uh, is no longer to be hosted by Jason Davis. I, I just use third person just to make it clear. I'm not hosting that show anymore. That show may not be dying. I don't know. Basically, what's happened is I'm no longer involved in that show. I don't want to go into the reasons why it it, it it's not it's not the best situation. But but ultimately, I did I did something that I thought was best for me and my family, and that requires me to step aside from that show. So I just want to put that out there, Jared. Yeah, I mean, you don't own the show, so it could go whatever direction the owners of the show would want like to go but uh you're going to be taking another avenue where you'll still be on the air doing a different show mm-hmm. yes uh i am going to be so so obviously i've been on sirius xm doing a show called soccer morning for a, for a year now uh that's going to continue but under a different name so i'll still be on sirius xm and i'll be looking for other stuff to do to fill my time um and I've got a couple of ideas, and, and there's there's a possibility I'll maybe I'll do some videos, and maybe I'll, I'll steal Alexi's idea and do a Periscope in bed every day, Jared. I mean, I don't know. There's some. There's always something out there. You got to do a version. You need to do like Periscope in the shower. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not ratcheting it up. I'm not saying you just do shoulders up. Okay. All right. All right. Um. So we are here. Okay. Again, we're not going to make it about that. We're going to make it about soccer. We're going to make it about the U.S. national team. And look, everything else. I, I figure we can sort of ball out a little bit because we haven't. We haven't really had a chance to, to kind of just you and me, go back and forth the way that we like to. I, I mentioned Archer already. We could talk about some other stuff. I I I I, I have some. Game of Thrones is coming, Jared. I, I'm I'm starting to wonder if the hype is too much. Get out of here. No? Okay. Well, why would it be too much? Has it ever failed to deliver for you? Uh, there, have been, there have been periods of time where I felt like we weren't moving forward, that things were stagnating, that we went off on a, on a tangent to some place in Westeros. Yeah, it can't all be shots on goals for 90 minutes. Okay. Sometimes you've got to set up the field and set up the play a little bit. Uh, okay. if, if you say so. 
Uh, if you say so, I, I imagine that that's uh, that's probably true. All right, so we'll we'll, we'll look forward to Game of Thrones. Uh, but we got to talk national team. Uh, we got to talk about what you, what happened on Friday night in Guatemala. You called it, Jared. You called a loss. I, bravo, sir. Well done. I'm, I mean, I don't feel good about it. Except for the fact it makes me look like a soccer genius. But I mean, from my country standpoint, I don't feel that good. Uh, no, of course you didn't want to predict a loss, but you were definitely down on this team, and they came out flat, and they got beat. Pretty simple, simple soccer, Jared. I mean, the, the the thing is, and and first of all, simple soccer can be very effective soccer. But when we see stuff like that happen, mixed screw get beat on a set piece, uh, the center backs get split by Carlos Ruiz on a on a goal kick that. I mean, I don't know that Michael Bradley was getting there, but he sort of faked out his own teammates. It it. it it bothers us to our core. We're supposed to be beyond that, right? Carlos Ruiz, a guy that was born in 1979, beat the back line for speed on a breakaway. What the hell does that tell you about this team? Wait, wait. Are you, are you hating on people born in 1979? I'm born in 77, dude. But Jason Davis, should you be beating that back line on a breakaway? No, of course not. No, no we're course. old ass men. No, and and by the way, there was that back and forth. It was hilarious. We're going to come to Tuesday and the win. We'll get there, but it was hilarious to hear Phil Shane and I can't remember the other guy's name. I apologize. Some Irish guy, Kevin something. Uh, I was, had a Spanish feed. Okay, it was hilarious to you. Didn't hear this then. You didn't hear Phil desperately trying to call that offside to say that that was an offside goal, and they took Kevin Egan is his name. It took Kevin Egan saying, uh, Phil. Actually, maybe Phil got told behind the scenes because at one point he goes, "Oh, you can't be offside on a goal kick," which I didn't realize. Well, the ball's the ball is technically on that side of the field, so oh, you mean oh, over the top? Yeah, over the yeah. top. I, you know, I didn't know that either, actually. Yeah, so I, I mean, maybe this is a rule change. I don't, I don't know, but but Phil, uh, Phil was kind of like, "Oh, this is offside. Look, he's offside," and 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 Ruiz definitely was if you were calling it. Um, it, under a different set of rules, offside or a different set of laws, offside. But but in the end, it was. We got to call Jared. I put the number out there. Two oh two. You're on the air. Who's this? Well, of course you got to call if you put the number out there. What'd you expect? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we wanted. Although I did I did that sort of uh, before new certain news dropped, which uh, I have kind of addressed already. Well, congratulations. Well, I mean, if that's what you want, is that how you want to say it? Congratulations. Uh, uh, maybe we'll have a discussion about whether or not that's applicable later on <laughs> I, I was i was really really calling more to uh say that it, that uh you know get your takes on the whole equal pay thing with the u.s women okay jared uh by the way jonathan tannewald on the line with this uh jared do you, do you have have you seen this the lawsuit filed by five u.s women's national team players against u.s soccer <laughs> yeah well the, yeah that but more interesting i think i'm gonna have an unpopular opinion on this because uh, yeah. I kind of get where Landon Donovan's coming from. And Landon Donovan's talking about like the amount of pay being not necessarily having to be equal if the funds they bring in aren't equal. Okay, but, because but, but, but let me just point out because I just spent two hours talking about this on Sirius XM, and okay. and, and, uh, and and I and I I want to make sure that we as men are aware that men's sports benefits from a long history of basically marginalizing women's sports on that on, in that front if we're going to compare these two things they're not like things because the u.s women do not benefit from history the way u.s men do yeah but I, i'm gonna let me take it from the, me as a person who works in management okay i'm looking at this as a business thing and and the way i come down on this is that the way i think they should structure this deal and i granted it's, i don't believe this is how it is now so i understand why there is a issue here but I think the way U.S. soccer should approach this is 
each team starts with the same base number, and then you build on top of that all the other incentives based on what your team brings into the the national team as a, as a business. Um, John, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think in a lot of ways I agree with that. And that part of the problem here is that the base is unequal. Um, the, the the table of data that the U.S. women's players put out this morning, and I confess I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but talking about you know per game bonuses and win bonuses, and I, you know the the disparity in the bonus that you get for being selected for a World Cup roster, which you would think should be dead even, certainly especially now. Um, but a lot of that stuff should be even. And look, I think Landon kind of put his foot in his mouth. And if if he was trying to make what may well have been a noble point, which was that you could argue that the women should get paid more than the men because right. they're bringing more revenue in. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not as though Landon was I, painting I think, the same. I think yeah. the way he said it, he put his foot in his mouth. Okay, I think you're right. I think when I read it, I thought it's it came off as, well, the men make more, bring in more money. But I think he may have been saying... You know, he thinks of it as more equitable if you tie it to revenue because, well, let's be honest, the U.S. women are a better team and therefore probably are bringing in, if not the same, at least a little bit more in terms of revenue. But then again, my point about the unequal structure goes back to that because if if there was a U.S. men's champion, they wouldn't make what the women are making revenue-wise. They would make 10 times that, right? Yes, and I think part of the argument from the women's community is let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Right. Yeah. But d- d- Although, look, d- I, th- I do think I do think that on principle, and look, this is stuff that is not new. Not only the financial stuff, but the air travel and the per diems and things like that. That there are clearly things that are easily fixable, and where the money is there, and when you have such a disparity between the success and the revenue generation of the women. And if you want to say the success on the field is beside the point, as some people have, I can keep it as narrow as the revenue generation, although personally I'd rather not. Um, There are easily things that can be changed in the next CBA, ideally sooner, but if all of this is posturing for a new CBA, then let's have these folks actually sit down at the bargaining table and do this thing. Well, John, let's let's talk about that for a second. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I'm going to continue to do that a little bit. Isn't it a little bit of sour apples or sour grapes, sour grapes, that (laughs) these these women and men sat down and they negotiated the contract? They could strike if they're not happy, but in the the end, they came to a collective bargaining agreement. Isn't it kind of... Hold on, you guys are talking over each other. Jared, finish your Go point. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah. No, is, isn't it just a little bit maybe disingenuous now to, to take this stance now when they did? This is the agreement they came to. Wait, hold on a second. I think Don's going to go here, but just to point out that there is right now some contention over whether there's a, a, a CBA in place or not. The women are saying... That's true. It, that was the original lawsuit. Right. right? It's, it, it expired, and U.S. Soccer is saying, no, we've got this little tiny clause that says it keeps going forever or something. Go ahead, John. Well, it goes until the end of this calendar year which the memorandum of understanding goes until the end of this calendar year. And that does tie into what I to say, which is, you know, remember the lawsuit was over whether or not the no strike provision carried over from the official CBA into the memorandum of understanding. And the official CBA, Jason, I don't know if you're Jerry, if you guys have it up on my computer, that was done in what, 
2012? Yeah, it's it's not it's 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 at least four years old at this point. Well, yeah, I think I think the memorandum was done in 2012. The last actual CDA was done well before that, and well that's part that, of yeah. the that's part of it. And also the fact that they've changed legal counsel and all these various other things. Um, but yeah, it's it's I, you know they're here next week. They're in Hartford on Wednesday, and they're in Philly on Sunday. And I'm going to be very interested to see. They they sold out the game here weeks ago. I don't know what the ticket sales are in Hartford because it's a 45,000 seat football stadium that nobody likes going to. Right. But um, I'll be very interested to see what the atmosphere is like down here. Mm. Uh, if that, I, I dare say, if that game gets played, because you guys might have seen this morning, uh, I reported that there's some labor stuff going on in Columbia that they might go on strike. Um, Oh, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. Well, and look, the, 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 what, what's fascinating to me beyond that the women probably, you know, the, the women deserve better pay. And, and there's a lawsuit here in U.S. soccer and they're fumbling and this is bad PR for them. It's bad look after bad look for U.S. soccer on a lot of fronts. Um, this does, you know, this is the, 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 the highest level of this argument while around the world there are there are women's national teams for big soccer countries who can't get a couple of bucks together to go on a trip and have to take up, you know, they have to take up a collection just to go to a tournament, John. Right. And and it comes back to knowing, because we've seen the financial documents, you know, from U.S. soccer. Uh, I wrote them up a couple of weeks ago. Grant Wall, a couple of other folks tweeted them out about half an hour ago. All of a sudden I got an alert from, our traffic tracking software in my in my newsroom that this thing was the second most read thing on the site all of a sudden, which scared the hell out of me. Um, we know the money's there, you know, and we know the money is there in fairly significant quantities, which is why I and a lot of other folks, and, and I think the great majority of the American soccer community is of the belief that these women are, that have earned it, have earned the right to it. Yeah. Jonathan Tannewall jumping on the line to talk about the uh, the U.S. women suing U.S. soccer over equal pay. John, uh, I appreciate it. We wanted to get to that, but that's a, probably the best discussion we could possibly have had about it. We're going to get back to, to taking apart Jurgen Klinsmann now. Enjoy it. Danger <laughs> putting the phone number on. You know? <laughs> no, no, it's, I love it. Appreciate it, John. Thanks a lot. Uh, right. Then we'll see if anybody else wants to jump on. Maybe we'll put the, the number out again, Jared. Um, so, yeah. You know, the, Jonathan actually has been pretty, I, I think for him, very vocal for about his distaste in Jurgen Klinsmann over the last week. I think normally he takes a pretty neutral stance, but I've, I've seen him be pretty aggressive with not being happy with what he sees as the national team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so now we've got we've got. A, I mean, and that, that's the sense I get that that Klinsman has finally begun to to turn people who previously supported him. I mean, that loss in Guatemala, John, uh, John, uh, Jared was so was so shocking. I mean, it was so uh, dis, you know distressing from an American soccer development. Damn, dog. Approach. Uh, uh, approach that we that the, the people who had previously said we'll give Klinsman time or give him the benefit of the doubt are now saying wait a second no, no I, I, I think I think the 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 last of the bandwagoners are off they they have to be at this point because and what's scary is it really looks like nothing short of not qualifying for the World Cup will get Klinsman out. Yes, it really no, feels agree. that way at this yeah. point. And granted, I'm not sure if the, that is the trigger for his clause in his contract, or if he is if it's contingent on him making the World Cup, or he is here through 2018, no matter what. I'm not sure what his contract stipulates, but at this point, it's too big of a risk. It's not worth missing a World Cup to get rid of this coach. 
And I really feel that I believe the next World Cup qualifier is until September, if I remember correctly. Yes. This is the window where you make your moves, Sunil Galati. If you have anything dangling between your legs, you will make this move now before Copa America, before the World Cup qualifiers come around. Do what the rest of the world would do in your position and cut out the cancer that's killing this team. Well, okay, and, and, and I don't want to be the pragmatic guy with the, the financial considerations in mind all the time, but I feel like I have to be devil's advocate a bit and say, hey, is it worth it, Jared? Do you Four fi- million versus a hundred million, Jason. Well, maybe. I mean, certainly that's the, that's the calculation if you think that Klinsman's road is going to lead to a, a lack of a World Cup appearance. And, and I'm not on the, and I'll ask you this, Jared, just to turn this a bit. I'm not on that, um, on that team that says, well, maybe the United States missing a World Cup would be good for us because it would shock no, us. No, but I feel that's far more likely than it ever has been in the last 20 years. I, yeah, you say that, but we've been on the verge I before. I do say that. No, I but think I mean, this team is playing like crap and has a crap leader. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I don't see consistency, stability, leadership. I mean, when we talk about leadership and and we we had problems with bob bradley's tactics i mean i used to i used to hate on bob bradley something fierce jared i did but at at no point did i did i look at that team and go well we're regressing you know it just was they were competitive now you may have not liked the tactics they had to do to be competitive right but say what you will bob bradley was a realist at least yeah well that that's the thing at the time your attitude was we're not meeting our potential we have so much more to offer Bob Bradley's holding us back with his tactics. Now here we are with Jurgen Klinsmann, and it's the opposite. It's wow, he is really he he's really pushed out any of that that previous competitiveness out of this team. Now I'm concerned that we are have lost some things that at least made us competitive on a world stage. It, yeah, it, with Bob Bradley, we were competitive but stylistically deficient. Now we're stylistically deficient and not competitive. Right, exactly. It's a perfect way to say it. Uh, give you a, I'll give you a little ding here. All right. So so I mean, let's come to the so we 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 have to deal with the the loss in Guatemala. And there's no way to sugarcoat the loss in Guatemala. Even for nothing on Tuesday night in Columbus, Jerry doesn't necessarily flip it over where we're suddenly forgetting what happened or and, and I've seen people say this and I think it's true. Beating Guatemala for nothing in Columbus actually makes that loss in in Guatemala worse. Uh, yeah, I, I partially. I mean, you could make the argument Carlos Ruiz didn't play the first half. Um, True. Neither did Marco Papa. Neither did Marco Papa, which I don't understand at this point. By the Marco way, Marco not a starter for that team. Marco Papa makes, made such... I know, I look, the United States was sitting back because they had a big lead. So that it changes this. The game state changes how they were responding to Guatemala's pressure. But Marco Papa on the ball is the best thing Guatemala has going for it by a factor of a thousand. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, he just, he's a game changer. And not just that, and I don't know if it's, I don't watch, I honestly, I don't watch Guatemala play when they play anyone other than the U.S. So I don't know how he looks against other teams. He may benefit from the fact that he really understands the tactics of these players he plays against every week in MLS, and he's just a USA killer. Much like he's a Galaxy killer. You know, I mean, he, he understands how to play against these teams. I don't know if I can extrapolate that over what he does for the rest of the Guatemala national team the other yeah. 364 days a year he plays for them. Mm-hmm. But against the U.S., this guy should be an automatic starter. He kills us. Right. Yeah, I, I don't understand it either. Uh, but look, the United States, and, and look, if we're going to be harsh, and, and certainly the attitude towards this team isn't positive regardless of four goals, you look at every single one of those goals, except maybe Cameron's header off the set piece, Jared, which is just ultimately terrible marking on the part of, of the Guatemalans, 
and you can sort of say, well, we lucked, we, we fell bass backwards into those goals. One of them hits off Jossie's artist and lands at, at Clint Dempsey's feet. One of them hits off Jossie's artist and lands to Graham Zusi. And, you know, one of them, uh, what, what am I missing here? I'm missing the fourth one, right? Uh, one, one was off of a set piece, if I remember correctly. Well, that was, that was, uh, Jeff Cameron. So we had Dempsey, the ball falling off of Jossie's artist. And you had Graham Zusi that capitalized like just a minute after Oh, no. The and the, the final one was, was a bad touch from Dempsey in the box that fell to Josie Altidore. Yeah. So, I mean, every single goal, except for, again, except for maybe the set piece, was built on an American failure that happened to turn into a, an American success because the Guatemalans were that bad. And that's what I mean I, by... I get that, but it's also an, a bit of an over... While accurate, it's a bit of an oversimplification if you're going to take this, the leap of saying that they didn't play well. They played No, well. sure they did. They played way better by, by miles than they did on Friday. Again, what is it about this team? It's been asked a lot of, a lot of times the last couple of days. What is it about this team where they need their backups, backs up against the wall to respond? Or why can't no, they take... You're it the wrong way. Well, Grant, yeah, once it, you can make that argument, but... They played in position. Yes. These players played their natural positions in the second leg. Ye- you can't for the most see part. that against the, yeah. in the first. If you have people all over the place. You have mixed disc root for God knows what reason starting a game at World Cup qualifier away. How? Yeah. No, I'm with you. How? I- I'm with you. Uh, it- it's... And Clint, the, the, Klinsman, in his quotes after the match, because there was a banner, Jared. We had a hashtag fire Klinsman banner. And it, while I love that there's a banner, I hate that the same, the, it takes the same medium as a pro rail banner at the MLS Cup. <laughs> I, I, can we find a different way of doing this? You think by, by virtue of the similarity, it's, it's, it, it's, it somehow like gives credence to the pro rail banner. It's spoiled a little bit. Damn, dog. Inappropriate. All right, so uh, you know the banner says hashtag fire cleansman, and then by the way, it should have been pulled. Should have been pulled by a helicopter. Yeah, no. for sure. <laughs> but it says hashtag fire cleansman, and then it says he's just a little bit behind, which I thought was pretty clever in the end. Yeah, I would have preferred. There's others ahead. These there are others ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah, that my preferred been, one. That would have been probably better. All right, let's go to the phones. Five three zero. Oh, who's this? Hey, this is John from Portland. Hey, John from Portland. What's on your mind today? Uh, I'm just wondering what Darlington Nagby has to do to get a start at the national team level. Yeah, you know... Uh, uh, know how to play better out of position? Yeah, probably that. <laughs> probably. I, I do. Well, look, you know I, what? To be fair, I think, I think he played well out of position for his first five years in the league on the wings. Well, okay. Now that he's in yeah, the center. Also, to be fair, I think we didn't position. know what his position was. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't even think Darlington Nagby understood what his best position was when he was first in MLS. And um, y- you take a player who's got dynamic athletic ability, which Darlington Nagby certainly does. He's got a, 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 a lick of speed. And you, and you imagine that he is best suited going up and down the flank and beating, you know, beating uh, fullbacks 1v1, helping on the overload. But in the end... Darlington Nagby is actually more, and th- th- again, I, I, I don't want to put him on this pedestal yet, Jared, and he's certainly starting at a much later age for the national team than Donovan, but to me, he's a lot like Donovan. And we spent the last couple years with Landon Donovan in the national team saying, is he a winger? Is he a, is he, should he play centrally? Ultimately, they pushed him out to the wing, but he was that guy who cut inside. He was that guy who picked up the ball underneath the, the forward line. That's what Nagby needs to do, even if he is pushed out there. Yeah, I think for some reason Klinsman sees Nagby and Wynn 
as guys that change the game if you need a goal. Uh, he doesn't trust them. This is what bothers me a lot about Klinsman is we talk about proactive soccer. We got to keep the ball. We got to take the game to the opponent. It's the American way. And then he's got guys who can do that and he doesn't trust them because why? Because they're not he, he defensive talks, stalwarts. Talks, talks, talks about about playing a creative game, about playing a different style. But in the end, when it comes to putting pen to paper on who's going to be in the starting lineup, he doesn't have the balls to do it. He values no. industry more, and he just won't come out and say it. Just come out and say yeah, it. it. You value industry. Well, hold on, hold That's on, why Alejandro Bedoya uh, and Graham Zuzzi get starts. Hold on. Hold on. Guys. Works really hard. Okay, John, John you're going to have to wait for Jared to finish before you jump in, <laughs> then. Otherwise, nothing makes sense. But go ahead, John. Okay, anyway, I was just going to say, you know, uh, I think it was 2013, Darlington Nagby led the league in 50-50 balls one. I think for a center midfielder or a winger, he has some of the best defensive work rate in the league. Uh, I think the numbers bear that out. The, I think, personally, I think the thing that's holding him back is that he's he's really a one-footed player, and that limited his effectiveness on the wing. He's a right-footed player. He doesn't really go left. He needs right. to be in the center of the pitch yeah. to give him more options to utilize that one tool it's, that he it's, has really It is well. true. It is true. I, I think he's he presses... his nickname Zoolander because he can't go by left. By the way, right, since, we're, since John brought this up, and, and this is a tangent fast, this is what we do here, and I'm happy to do it. Do we have a, a, a truly a two-footed player in this team? Um, Bradley's pretty good with both feet. Does he Dempsey? Does, passing? Dempsey's okay with both feet. I, I think he can score occasionally with his left. The reason I bring this up is Dunny, uh, Dunny put on on Facebook today a compilation video of of Zidane, Jared. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, unbelievable five minutes of Zinedine Zidane. And what you for not what you forget, but what you notice immediately is when Zidane. It didn't matter where he was on the field; he could use either peg with equal success and and equal ferocity. And I'm thinking, I think Donovan was pretty good. I think his right foot was better than his left, but he was a pretty he was pretty good with his left. We don't. Yeah, I think Claudio Reyna was really good. Okay, well, where's where's ours? Why do we not have more? I mean, this is one of the the criticisms of Jordan Morris, right? Completely right footed. So right footed that when he's he's out on the left, he finds himself on the left wing. In order to hit a cross, he's got to play the outside of his right foot. Yeah, defenders pick up on that. That's insanity. Why why can't we find. Anyway, um, I hope Nagby finds a place in this team, and I hope he finds it soon. In fact, I'm going to start thinking about this team and the progression of this team. And and whether or not I'm going to be excited about this team, John, based on the the uh, the use of players like Darlington Nagby, because he needs to be in this team. We just don't have anybody else as dynamic as Nagby, especially running up and down the field on on a break. I mean, I, again, I bring this back to the Donovan comparison. He's not. I'm not saying he's Landon Donovan, but he's the best chance we have about recapturing that that counterattack mentality in a real successful way, Jared. Yeah, if you think about the goal scored against Brazil in the 09 Confederations Cup, who's going to make that ball go the length of the field perfectly in three touches? Well, we don't have the forward to make the Davies pass either. That's true. That's a, that's, well, maybe Bobby Wood. Uh, maybe Bobby Wood can make that pass. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. John, you got anything else before I let you go? Well, I think to to your point about you know kind of the explosive players driving up the field, obviously Nagby's got that. He's a safe passer, and, and that's one thing he has. He has that burst when he gets the ball at his feet to shred two or three guys. To be fair to Klinsman, what I saw from Pulisic a little bit in in the game was those was that that exact same sort of explosiveness. His yeah. willingness to take a touch, beat a guy or two, and move the ball along. I think. Obviously, he had his opportunities. His, his teammates could have included him a little better and made his debut a little bit more spectacular. I'm not mad that Pulisic was out there by any means, but I think Nagby brings the same thing with a little bit more experience, a little bit more body, and I'd like to see them both. 
Honestly, I'd like to see them both. Well, that would be... That would be way too risky for Jurgen Klinsmann. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. Way too risky for for Jurgen Klinsmann, Jared. And, yeah, I think the better complement, if you're talking about one side of the field to the other side of the field, Ethan Finley's probably the better version of, uh, a similar version of what you get from Pulisic on the left. But I don't know if that's the way this team wants to operate. He tends to, if you look at Jurgen Klinsmann, he likes to put the Edgar Castillos, the um, DeAndre Yedlins, the Fabian Johnsons as fullbacks yeah. and let them establish the width. And he lets it, he wants midfielders that are play inside. Well, Almost consistently, he's done that. This is this is true to a to an extent. I mean, he put Zusi. Zusi's a, a middle, a central player who plays on the wing now. I don't know. Uh, you, you're probably right. Um, coming to you, you said Pulisic. By the way, is how you, Pulisic. Pulisic. Sorry, Pulisic is how you say his name. Man, don't police me. No, uh, listen, the, the world can't police okay, me. Okay, first of all, how I want. this is how he says it. You don't have to try. Pulisic. Pulisic is. Definitely more. Well, you know what? My dad, for the first twenty years, eighteen years of his life, said our last name Du Bois. Uh-huh. That's how the white trash people he grew up with in Carolina <laughs> said it. And it wasn't until he got some culture and went in the army, and his drill instructor started calling by the right name. My team, my family, started saying Dubois, which is the right. Is that wait, wait? Is that true? That's hilarious. Absolutely true. I that's... mean, he was Du Bois all the way till he was eighteen years old. Oh my god! That's, that's the my best. uncle is still Du Bois. Duh and or hello. That, oh, so you have variation within the family. That is amazing. I yeah, am, his, oh. his drill instructor when he went to boot camp. Um, I'm sorry, went to uh, basic training. I uh, called him Dubois, and you just you don't argue with that, right? You don't argue with that guy. So yeah. from that point on, it was Dubois. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. Um. Anyway, he says. Well, this is actually to that point. Christian Polisic wants it called wants it Polisic because he thinks that the, that that's more American. But his uh-huh. grandfather says Pulisic. Because that's the more Croatian pronunciation. Yeah, that's the one I, I can. I, every time I see it, that's what I want. Okay, to well, say. and fine, that's fine. Actually, speaks to the to the. I brought this up the other day. We need a nickname for this kid, and we need it now, so we don't have to say Pulisic, Pulisic, Pulisic. We don't have to do that anymore. How about Chrissy Pools? Chrissy Pools. Chrissy Poo. No. C C C Poo. C Pools. C Pool. C Pool. C Poolis. No. Deadpool. Dead. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that's that's not bad. Now that's it. that is of the moment, and everybody's gonna forget who Deadpool is soon. So no maybe that's who Deadpool is. You're gonna see four more more of those movies. <laughs> this is actually Did true. you see it yet? No, I haven't seen it. Come on, Davis. What the hell, dude? Okay. That's the best movie you're gonna see this no, year. No, I need. I probably not need. I should go see it. I absolutely should go see it. I, I was thinking about this. This this is, I guess, modern life. I don't know. Me and my girl have we've been to two movies together. In in, a, in like like eight months of dating, I saw well, and one of them was with my kid, like the first time she met my kid. So that was uh-huh. that was Inside Out, which is a great movie, but definitely a kids movie. And then uh, what what else did we see? I can't even remember Star Wars. No, I haven't seen Star Wars. Oh God, <laughs> damn it! You fail on so many levels. Well, now see, here's the thing. Now I have extra time in my life. Maybe I can go see Star Wars. <laughs> huh. See Deadpool first. Uh, okay, I will do that. Uh, I will see. I will see Deadpool at some point. Um, I, I I went to go see opening weekend, and my wife and I are sitting, and to our left and behind us are small children. That's small not, children. That's not right. And these guys are have a sex scene well, see, where they are just look, going at it all of nude. There's dong in it. There's boobs. Okay, in it. I don't want to be. Oh, I don't want to be the, the the grouchy old guy here. Okay, I'm not trying. You're actually older than I am, but it. Going to the mo- and that, that that's an issue. I don't think that's appropriate, but whatever. I mean, sex is better than violence. To be to be fair, I I I, I think well, this has both. <laughs> well, okay. I think going to the movie theater 
just becomes such an, an annoying enterprise for me. Now, I need to go to Alamo. I know that there's better places to go than the standard old movie theater. But I just, there, there's always somebody nearby making noise on the phone. People are putting their feet up. There's food everywhere. It's. Oh, I'm a food up person for it, sure. It's gr- A feet up person for sure. I mean, you know, watch the. If you're watch, sitting in front of me, I'm not going to do it. Watch the thing at home, man. Watch it at home. At home. Come on, dude. There's oh, something man. to be said for the majesty of being in a theater. Actually, what we need. Well, this. Uh, I do agree that there's something unique about it. It just hasn't been a draw for me. And, and Especially Star Wars. Star Wars was amazing to see with other fans. Yeah, this is basically my... But see, this has been my life for a while now, and, and, and it's less so these days than it used to be, but occasionally it comes down to this choice. Haircut or movie? <laughs> like basically, Ooh. how do I like? What, how do I spend my money? Do I get a haircut, which is needed? I think you just go full discard and you see a couple movies. Oh, man. But see, that's the thing. My hair doesn't, my hair doesn't respond. Like Mix's hair does. It goes. It 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 does like does this upward thing. And yeah, uh, dude, I get I get like a poof. Yes, it's, it's like a helmet. It's really bad. It's it's really bad. All right, uh, back to uh, back to U.S. soccer. The U twenty three is Jared. They lose to Colombia. Not a surprise. I hate the meltdown. It bothers me a lot. Um, I, you know, I saw some people kind of categorizing it as fight. I'm not sure that. Tim Parker stomping on a dude. Luis Gill getting second a second red card, even if it's not necessarily his fault. By you know getting suckered into a dive. Uh, Mike Miazga getting getting a second red. A lot of physical play. Kellen Acosta getting into. I don't think that necessarily constitutes fight. But I'm not sure we should be overly. Should we should we be crushed by this? It is the missing out on the Olympics. Should be pissed. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And and be I, I say more be more pissed about what happened in October against Honduras than what happened against Colombia. Right. No, it's it's just a continuous cycle under Klinsman. This is the second Olympics we've missed. And listen, the Olympics are not the World Cup or anything like that. But it is important to get young players important games. And they're not going to get this tournament yeah, now. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's important to the development of these players. And once again, as the technical director and the coach, Klinsman has to wear this because it, he brings up Pul- uh, Pulisic and uh, Yedlin and John Brooks to the national team, the senior team. And those three players could have helped this team. I don't see how they couldn't have. Yeah. If they're good enough to play for the U.S., in the end, we didn't know it when the first Guatemala game was going on. Most, we, I think most people thought that we would get through these with it pretty easily. But aside from Yedlin, these guys didn't feature and were a big part of this team anyway. And uh, do me wrong, Yedlin had a fantastic second leg. I think that was his best performance ever in a national team in terms of a complete defender uh, performance. Yeah, but, but, but that's Guatemala at home. I mean, I'm just saying Guatemala at home, Jared. Yeah, I mean, you you could have played someone else at, at that right back position, likely, and still been okay. But I just I I feel disappointed that this team is just not the this, the younger ranks of the U.S. national team are just not getting to go to this tournament, and it's it's unfortunate because these guys are just going to be less prepared when they make that jump now. In terms of these guys, some of these guys in this uh, the this U twenty three team, they're playing in fourth division Bundesliga. You know, I'm sorry. The Olympics is a better stage and competition than that. It's better than the college they're playing at. It's better than the MLS teams that they're playing at. There's only a couple guys that are actually getting an environment and a challenge close to what they would get at the Olympics. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, you can't look any high-level competition in the face, in the mouth, when you're U.S. soccer. Uh, you know, only what, I think 16 teams get to go to this tournament. So there is a limited pool. Uh, but there's also no excuse for not, not qualifying out of CONCACAF. When there are two representatives and you have your the tournament on your home soil, 
Jared. Yep. And and yeah, and, it, it, that's a failure. Yeah, I, I think that the failure below. You know, it was interesting. 2012, we put that, we heaped that all on Caleb Porter. That, that's the man who took the burn for missing out on the Olympics in 2012 because of what happened in Nashville. Now, I stood up for him a little bit, if you remember back in the day. I liked okay. the way that team played. I just think that it's unfortunate they didn't get the result they needed. I thought they played well. Okay, fair enough. Um, obviously, they got beat by El Salvador in the last game. That's obviously a bad look. And the, yeah. the, the goal that, that Sean Johnson let bounce over him, all of that stuff, I mean, you can't excuse away that failure. But I think, again, whether you were saying that you liked the way that they played or not, it was certainly... Put on on Caleb's, uh, sh- uh, Caleb Porter's uh, shoulders that that they failed. This time around, I think it, I think it reflects more on Klinsman, or at least the perception is it reflects more on Klinsman than just Andy Herzog because Caleb Porter was like the guest coach of the of the Olympic. Yeah, team. Andy Herzog is his boy. Yeah, he's yeah. Andy Herzog and Gary Klinsman, uh, they're tight. He scouted these players. He recruited these players. These are Andy Herzog's guys. I don't know if any coaches had got to be as intimate in ch- picking their people and evaluating their people as Andy Herzog did because he identified a lot of these players. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, there was obviously some back and forth in Klinsman. I mean, that's the thing. Klins- yeah, Klinsman's involved in, in picking this team. I mean, he's involved in, as you said already, yeah, but Andy Herzog's the guy in the ground, on the ground in Europe, scouting. Sure. Well, okay, yeah, but but this is a national team. You can only scout so much. I mean, you're you're scouting the 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 days of the completely unknown dual international. Those aren't no, completely. No, no, I'm right. saying he had a very good idea who each of these players oh, I see. was. I see. I see. But, but I still think that that ultimately falls to Klinsman as technical director and well, head sure, coach. Sure, because it's his guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Neil Galati, I don't see how he can make the the argument that Jurgen Klinsmann is succeeding at either of the two jobs that he has. Both hats are falling off the head of U.S. soccer. Yes, absolutely. I mean, at this point, again, he's not getting fired unless they miss, unless the senior team misses the World Cup. But it's the, too late. But the number of failures through the program. That we can point to under Jurgen Klinsmann's leadership are numerous. Can Mr. Numerous. just drop us a note, like a four million note, and be like, "Hey, just take care of business, guys. Get rid of this guy." Can someone drop us a four million dollar bill? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, it, it obviously that's the financial question for, for Galati. It's 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 Christina Galati. Can he justify having to pay the buyout on Jurgen Klinsmann? Before they fail to make the World Cup, because as you said, Here's it's the bad part four million versus a hundred million. Running your federation, what is what what? That's the bad part about having an economist running your federation. You think that that ultimately he his his he's too he thinks this through too much. If this was Mexico, would the money matter? No, no, okay, no. He because no, he would be long they, gone. They came a a game away from missing a World Cup, just like the U.S. just did. That coach did, that coached the game before was not yeah. the same one that coached the, the end. Well, the the guy who won the gold cup for them got fired ahead of the, <laughs> before the Concacaf Cup. And I'm not saying everything Mexico does is right, but come on, let's get a little bit of that flavor up here across the border. I, I, stop, I yeah. we need to let's, stop just accepting the spoon fed filth that U.S. soccer gives us. There are better things out there than what we're here. We shouldn't have to suffer for what is here right now. We deserve better. And I think you're seeing that in the ticket sales. Fans aren't showing up. They don't want to watch this team play and suffer like this. 
I think uh, you know. I think that we, as a soccer country, Jared, are wrestling with uh, with what we want to be and who is going to be the person to lead us there, or if there is can be one person to lead us there, or whether or not we should even give Jurgen Klinsmann credit or blame in this situation. Because what I hear all the time is the player pool's not good enough, or it's because our development system is broken, or pay to play is the reason that we're not good enough, and all those things take. They take the blame off of Jurgen Klinsmann's shoulders and move it to a different column, which then sort of allows for him to continue to chug along with this uh, barrier up against real criticism. That is, well, I'm working on the whole thing, not just the senior national team. Or I'm, you know, we're teaching lessons, we're learning here. I mean, some of his comments ahead of the Guatemala game were were just they were disgusting. In again, that that attitude of you guys don't know what you're doing. I'm here to teach you. And when he finally did accept some form of blame after that first Guatemala game, it was in the context of, if that's what you want, I'll say it. Yeah. Um, we, we, and I, then uh, how is Graham Zuzi? Here's what I just don't understand. He isn't even in the squad for the first game. But that's the guy you want starting for the second game? Well, no, the, wrong. Graham Zuzi had a good game. I'm glad he started. Well, uh, do, but do you, what kind of decision-making is that, that the guy's not even available for you? If he's good enough to start the second game, right. and he's important enough to the team to start the second game, why isn't he even traveling to the first game? Don't you think that the decision to start Zuzi, the decision to move Yedlin to right back, the decision to push Cameron into the middle, all of that spoke to Jurgen Klinsmann sort of being like, whoa, Whoa, whoa! I, I, I was being too, I was being too experimental. I was being too different. I was being too weird down there in Guatemala. Uh, maybe everybody's right, but refusing to at least admit that everybody's right, or not everybody, but certainly people who say you play too many players out of position. Well, I just, uh, I don't know if he even listens or if he cares what everyone thinks, but it looks like it was a direct move based off the criticism he got from the previous match, right? Right, exactly. And, but and, if, if we're having to make the decision for him, he's not the right guy. No, well, there's that, but there's also the fact that that he he he's, he does those things. They look very obviously like a response to criticism and an admission of his mistakes. And yet, when he gets in front of the room, that's not what he says at all. And, and maybe maybe I maybe that's too much to ask. Is there a coach on the planet who would say, you know what, you guys were right? <laughs> maybe that's not fair. I don't think anybody does that, right? No, no, but I would like a, a coach that's there that doesn't have to be told that we were right. Yeah. No, okay. Um, uh, we got a couple minutes left here. I don't know where else you want to go, Jared. I mean, I feel like we've kind of uh, <clears throat> did enough on the U.S. I mean, believe it or not, there was a little bit of MLS. I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch any of it. No. Uh, who watched three games on Saturday, which requires you to have your, your package or your uh, your MLS Live subscription when there was... Uh, the international break, Easter weekend, international yeah. break. I mean, I, I don't. Remember, I watched the highlights, and uh, I, so I saw a little bit of this stuff. But I was interested in watching these games, and these teams chose to play this weekend. And I just don't really get that. Scary uh, moments out of Real Salt Lake. The, yeah. Their second team, though, with uh, their fifth round, uh, their fifth overall draft pick having a seizure on the field. So it looks like he's okay now. He was taken off in an ambulance over the weekend. So good vibes out there to our friends at Real Salt Lake. Um, but yeah, Dallas looks like they're doing a little bit better, but you want to say Dallas is maybe the team that we remember they win 3-0 over DC United, but DC United's horrible. They're horrible. Yeah, they are terrible. They 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 have taken such a dramatic step back. They don't even this, have This is the season Ben Olsen loses his job. 
I don't know about that. Um, he maybe. I mean, he did suffer through one of the worst MLS seasons in the league's history in 2013 and kept his job, Jared. I think Sunil Gulati must be the general manager of DC United. <laughs> well, look, it's, I think what's, what, what there, there's a recognition at DC United. I'm not saying he shouldn't lose his job if they have a bad year, but remember, they're working with limited resources when compared to almost everybody else around them in the, so they, they have a, a first place finish in 2014. They finish in the playoffs places in 2015, but, you know, obviously that playing game against New England, which they won, by the way. Um, 2016, they're just now into their, they're deeper and deeper into MLS 2.0 while they're playing with an MLS 1.0, uh, mentality. When they are turning to, again, Fabian Espindola to make, uh, to make a difference in a game, when their leading creative players are guys like Chris Rolfe, when Marcelo Sarvis, by the way, who doesn't want to be called Sarvis anymore, just Marcelo, oh, Marcelo is their big offseason acquisition that I can remember right now because I may be missing something. I love me some Sarvis, but he ain't on one name Brazilian level. Uh, he wants to be one name Brazilian. Like, can you, bl- can you blame him for trying it though? I mean, listen, if it's a good gig, if you can get it. Yeah, by the way, I just, I just want to be, I was going to say, I, I can't be just Davis. That's terrible. Nah. You can be, du- you can be Dubois, Dubois though. Like, just being called Dubois is pretty. Or I could call you Dubois. I'll be honest with you, my last name <laughs> definitely got me a couple of dates in high school. Oh, and like, what? I would see girls doodling their name with my last name on their folder, and I wasn't yeah, even dating them man. just because they liked my you, last you, name. You got that? You got that extra? That extra little? I, I uh, mean, I have a I have a staff sergeant somewhere in in, in Carolina to thank for it. <laughs> That's so hilarious. Otherwise, I, my, my dong would have seen no action. How how did this not? How did this story not make it on the air before? Pretty amazing. I don't know, man, but I mean, come on. Can you imagine me going to school being Jared Dubois? Yeah, Jared but those boys. By the way, they already got there, that joke. There is a there is a already, there but. is a famous uh, a famous civil rights activist in W. B. Du Bois. Yes, Du Bois. Who just said no? He said Du Bois. It was pronounced Du Bois. I know, and he's from the South too. They mess everything up down there. <laughs> if you say so. All right. They're freaking voting for Trump down there. Yeah, well, okay. That's not. Let's not paint with broad brushes, okay? Let's just not do that. That's but what I do. I'm looking at DC just since we brought it up. Luciano Acosta. That's the the, the tiny little player from Boca Juniors who's not done a whole lot. Lamar Nagel. Their big offseason acquisition. Marcelo, Lamar Nagel. Yeah, Leon's playing in the middle now. Uh, yeah. Did you find a way to get Patrick Niarco on the field? Yeah. I know. I mean, I know. Granted, anyway. this game without Steve Birnbaum, he's away. Kofield Parry is a decent player in his in his stead. Mm. Uh, by the way, I think I love watching Birnbaum play for the national team. I really no. Like I thought he was really team. good. Now I hope that they can build on that uh, to come to you know bring them back to that. I thought he was really good. now. Look, they weren't challenged much. He and, he and Cameron in that game well, on, on Tuesday night. Um, I hope he does get a more, more of a chance though. I know he hasn't started well in the league. He's a simple no frills center back, and yeah. I like that. Ball goes out of bounds. Yeah, like if you're not sure, ball goes out of bounds. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He wins. He's solid in the air. Right. Well, you know, that's that's kind of what I liked about Carlos Bocanegra back in the day. Yeah, but I mean, it should be yeah, should be a little bit better with the ball at his feet than those guys. I mean, that's I do want to see that progression. That's why having Cameron back there makes sense. The guy does. Yeah, he had a really good game. He's a midfielder. I mean, he's he's a natural center back, but he's a mid. He's got he's got midfield midfielder ball skills. He's a. Tim- yeah, I think the ultimate tandem, the long term tandem right now. Well, sorry. The near term to tandem is John Brooks and Jeff Cameron. I would like to see that. I absolutely And I think like the long term is obviously Matt Miazgi, Cameron Carter Vickers. That's, that's, right. there's a center back tandem coming up that if they can stay healthy and keep on their track, 
could be a tandem that sees uh, the, the sees LA guy LA the U.S. national team through eight to ten years. Okay, um, uh, we're gonna have to run here momentarily. Let me just look at the schedule, Jared. You tell me. I'm gonna give you a game. You tell me if you if you're interested and if you have a storyline that you like to pick out. New England and the Red Bulls in New England. No, don't care about that game. It's tomorrow night. Um, I don't care about New England right now, just because they just haven't looked yeah. good at all. Yeah, they haven't been able to figure it out. I, I feel like sometimes Jay Heaps is is uh, paralyzed by the the choices he has. Now they were without Lee Wynn last. Uh, well, no, the, he they didn't play, so he he didn't yeah. miss any time. So they have uh, look. They've got to figure some things out there in New England. Obviously, Chicago. They have Phil- to figure out their center midfield. Chicago, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, know I'm supposed to be into Philadelphia right now, no, but they, I just can't get. Well, on let's see them. Let's see them roll on a little bit more. If they if they start picking up more points, if they stay at the near the top of the Eastern Conference for a couple more weeks, we're going to have to talk about them, and rightfully so. Meanwhile, Chicago is still a mess, but at least they're a sort of a fun mess at the moment. Colorado, Toronto. Um, I kind of like this game. I think Colorado is sneaky good right now. Okay, well they and they got they got Jermaine Jones coming in the mix eventually, which yeah, is going I to think change I, them. I, I, I believe they, didn't their DP get uh, banned for a game or two? Yes, so I don't think he'll be playing in this game. They, well, no, they lost. Uh, he he missed out on last week. Uh, the last I, I can't remember played. if it was one game ban or if it was a two. I, game I think ban. it was just a one game ban for, for okay. coming onto the field during the celebration. Blah blah blah. Uh, let's see, color uh, uh, Sporting Kansas City and RSL. That's about Sporting continuing. That's a their, fun one. Their perfect start, and that's a rematch of a of a championship game a couple of years back. So. That should be interesting. FC Dallas. I, I think the rest of these games are all interesting. I mean, you have Dallas versus Columbus. Right. Um, I think that's definitely the big question is, is Columbus what they were last year or are yeah. they, and were they a paper tiger that this year they, they can't compete because they've not looked good to start the season. Yeah. But they've got a lot of the same pieces they got them there last year. Well, I, I think, and I think that, I, I think that even though they laid an egg against Houston and got skunked five nothing, FC Dallas is the best team in the league for me right now. Uh, and, 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 I mean, they've got nine points. They're leading the league alongside Sporting Kansas City. It's just a matter of whether or not they can do, be consistent. And they're, in, they're, they're nearly unbeatable at home. So I don't expect Columbus to get anything out of this game. We want to see Columbus play better. Uh, Vancouver F's, uh, Vancouver and your boys, uh, the Galaxy. Uh, that's an interesting one. Robbie Keane comes, uh, home with a knee injury early from Ireland. So not sure if he'll be featuring in this game. Uh, Vancouver's had a, a little bit sluggish, but decent start to, to, to the season. Um, I, I'm well, not no, sure, they, but I mean, obviously they're last, watching this one. But Vancouver's last two I, I don't games. know if Giovanni Dos Santos will be ready to go. There's yeah. a lot of questions around the LA, LA Galaxy lineup, and this is going to be a good opportunity for some of those young guys that are bench players to get a, a, a chance to feature. Um, Vancouver, their last two games, Jared, they've won them on three penalties, two against the Seattle Sounders and one um, this past weekend against Houston. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what to think about them yet because they don't look like the creative, fast, counterattacking team that we saw last season. Yeah. Um, maybe teams are just figuring them out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. They always play well against L.A. Seattle-Montreal. That is sneaky good as well. Well, that's good because... The question is, Montreal is good as right. they started. And well, are they good? And Seattle has nothing... They have zero points right now, Jared. I mean, it's a disaster of a start for them. And you start wondering... I mean, it's talking about people losing their jobs. I've said it before... If if everything if MLS was more mature if if Seattle is the soccer town we think they are Siggy Schmidt wouldn't have a job anymore uh, yeah. for failing and to even the, even if uh, Drogba's healthy he's not going to play in this game it's on turf no it's on turf so you know Drogba we'll see what the Seattle but does it hasn't hurt Montreal to start the season though no uh, San Jose DC United 
Um, don't yeah, care about that. Don't at care all. about that. That is that. I'm gonna avoid that game like the plague. Okay, that game is not on national television. Okay, the national te- uh, the FS1 game is Orlando City. Kaka returns against against the defending champs, Portland Timbers. Very fun game there. Very fun game. I want to try to make make sure I get a, a hold of that game this weekend. Uh, Orlando doing well without Kaka to start the season, so you got to see uh, how he's gonna fit back in, and uh, I think he'll be seamless. And I think it's only going to make that team much better in what they've already started, in, despite the fact they've started the season well. All right, let me come back to this real quick before we go, Jared. Uh, let me just outline everything that's happened with me. It's not best soccer. Well, actually, it is kind of. Okay. I am no longer the host of Soccer Morning on Backhill.com. That does not mean Soccer Morning is dead. And from what I can tell, Trevor Hayward intends to, to find a new host and keep that show going. Okay, so I am no longer hosting the show. But... Best Soccer Show is continuing for the foreseeable future, probably in the recorded podcast for most times out. I don't know if we're going to be doing any live shows, but we'll keep you updated. So you gotta, all you got to do is keep your feed going and follow us on, on Twitter, Best Soccer Show, and, and you should be good, right? Right. I believe so. Yeah. And listen, all the best to, to you in your new venture. You know I'm a big fan. And also, uh, best of luck to uh, Soccer Morning okay. Franchise. And uh, I hope you always wear some pride with the fact that no matter where that franchise goes, you were a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, of course I will. Um, it was a great three-year run with that show. It got me to where I am on SiriusXM. And, and to clear up any confusion on that front, uh, I'm not hosting a quote-unquote new show on SiriusXM. I'm hosting the same two hours I do already. But we're going to be calling it something else. It's basically uh, repackaged. Repackaged. Um, so yeah, and, and in the future, I, I'm I'm looking forward to trying to find some other avenues. Oh, um, man, maybe I'll some, go host Soccer Morning. You, yeah, man. Hey, line up for it. Uh, it's a, it's a fun gig. Uh, Can the, you imagine the train wreck that I would be <laughs> trying to do that much time? I would myself? watch every single day. I swear oh, to God, it would be uh, It would be the worst. All right. So, uh, listen to me on Sirius XM FC for the time being. Follow me on Twitter, DavisJSN, if you're interested in what, what else I'm going to be doing. And occasionally I'll jump on Periscope and we can do, do stuff that way. Uh, Jared, you should be Periscoping too. But anyway, uh, anything else? We've got to run. Uh, get me on Twitter, J-Rodius, J-R-O-D-I-U-S. J-Rodius. We'll see you guys. Bye. I am Mikkel Morrison and Paulson Biscuit. Playing hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room.